Kingsley rolls to the boys. Back to Kingsley. Curls it towards no, the no, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by a man back from his vacation. It's Mark Donaldson. I was on a boat. I was on a cruise. And when you're on a cruise... Tying your scarf. You, and you, oh, exactly. I mean, this... Did this, 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 this would have had a funnel, would it? Of course I had a funnel. It's a big cruise ship. Scarf wasn't big enough to go all the way around. Didn't take one, in fact. But I was wearing a heart stop <laughs> and I stood at the bottom of the funnel in a kind of, this is as close as I'm going to get to scarves around the funnel type thing. It's really, real fun. Real fun. And, and thankfully, I got back just in time. Um, the ship docked about half an hour before uh, Hearts kicked off against Ross County. So <laughs> I wasn't threatened with arrest, but I was told to put the phone away when I was watching Hearts Ross County and TSA over here in customs. They weren't overly enamoured by my excuse. Yeah, but 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 I want to see what's happening with my team. So <laughs> I've since watched it back, and I'm sure we'll talk plenty about that. But since, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've listened to last week with with Joel and, and the lucky one. Once again, I haven't had the opportunity to say congratulations to our other co-host. So you want to set it up? Yes, we are joined again by Mr. Ryan McGowan, who is now St. Johnston's lucky number 13 for the new season. As as, as Mark as Mark returns from from his his from travels. <laughs> um you you are the wanderer returning to to Scotland to to settle back in. So well done, good good to good to have you back on these shores. As Congrats! A Thank you very much. Yeah, it's very very happy to get back into the Scottish weather and the Scottish environment. Um, like you, like we've been saying, been trying to first of all uh, sort out everything in in Kuwait, and then it was uh, trying to get a move over here. So luckily, I've done that and. Yeah, number 13's got a lot more interest than I thought it would have been. I'm more of a, it's just a number type fella, but the oh, amount of comments I've had because of um, mm. because of the numbers, uh, it's interesting what people pick did, up on. Did, did you choose it or were you told that uh, that was your number? Yeah, I, I think I got the option of 13 or late 30s. So I was just like, yeah, 13's fine. Like I said, it, it, it's not really a, a big thing for me and... Um, yeah, everyone was like, why'd you pick that? Why'd you pick that? But it's, yeah, See, it's uh, not too bad for me. I, I one, get kind one of... One plus three is four. That's what oh, I used to say. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't... You always I, work out ways. I get very particular about numbers between one and, one and 11 when they're used in stupid fashions. So you want know, a striker takes number three or BE mm. take a number four or... Or Boulot Rouge, whatever his name was at Chelsea, used to get number nine. Remember Galas was playing at fullback with number 10 and centre back at number 10. After 11, I'm not as bothered, but 13 is always to me a sub-goalkeeper number. It's your sub-goalkeeper. You never know. I can play in goals if needed. Have you played in goals before? Never in a game. Sometimes in, in like training. In a goals, reserve like, game or anything or a youth game? Nah, nah. Uh, I don't know about youth team. Maybe like in back in Australia when I was really young, like at age 17, 16, before I came to Hearts, possibly. I think our keeper got sent off late, but <laughs> remember Lee Wallace was in goals once? Yes, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. Wasn't it? 
<laughs> Lee Wallace, Ian Baird up at Pataudry. He went in goal. Speaking of goalkeepers and numbers, uh, I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I may as well start with a tangent. Argentina's World Cup squad, 1978, before you two reprobates were even born. Oh, oh, stop it. Listen, it's interesting. I can How teach you, you boys something. I was one, but I was alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, they, you were watching it really intent. I wasn't watching, no. <laughs> I worked with the top scorer of that World Cup, Mario Kempes, so I've got some when sort of one. interest in it. No, dickhead, stop this behaviour. <laughs> Just because neither of us have been on for the past week or so doesn't mean to say you've got two weeks worth of ridiculous abuse to throw our way. Let me get to the point, please. Their squad <laughs> was done in alphabetical order. So, weirdly, they had a midfielder as number one and a goalkeeper as number five. It just didn't sit right. So, I'm, yeah, I that's, actually, that's I'm actually want to, I want to agree with you because I'm the same. You can't have a striker winning two. It's like over here. Like, college football, for, for ages, they've had single digits for wide receivers or whatever. But now they're doing that for, for the NFL. And it just, it just feels weird. So, I'm with you. But I don't want to agree with you because you've already been abusive and it's not going to continue <laughs> like this. I'm going to team I, up with Gozer. I'd even like, uh, when I played at a, a very poor amateur level and I played it right back, the man, one of the managers used to give me number three and he would give the left back number two. And he used to annoy me. No, be, no, 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 that's wrong. I yeah, should be yeah, two no. and he should be three. Smith, Smith Kid Whitaker. Kid right back, Whitaker left back, all day long. That's wrong. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. It's also like when players or when people read out the team sheet or like the subs as managers and they go left back first and go right to left. That really annoys me. A lot of managers do that sometimes. What, go, go right like, to left or, le or left to right? Left to right. Yeah. Don't like that. It's got to start. Doesn't... Goalkeeper, right back, centre back, centre back, left back. So, yeah. It's kind of like, is that just being right sided? Because I don't know if you heard last week. Joel and I were talking about the fact that I always get uncomfortable seeing like too many left footers in mm -hmm. a position that's not on the left. Like all your centre backs being left footed, although, even though you'd be happy to see them all right footed, right. seeing yeah. too many of them left footed makes you uncomfortable. But I don't know if that's just because it's coming from a right sided person. I, I say person because I only call myself a footballer because I was not <laughs> a footballer. But when I attempted to play football, I attempted to play it with my right foot. Um, would you agree with that, Ryan? Do you, does it sometimes um, like if you've got two centre midfielders? To me, two centre midfielders who are left footed feels a bit off, but two centre midfielders who are right footed, I'm not bothered about. Well, that's an interest. Yeah, I've never really thought of it. I don't, I was just trying to think that I don't think I've actually played with either two centre backs that are both left footed or two centre midfielders that are left footed. Obviously, more people are right footed than left footed, so yeah. It tends it to be the other way around, but we have a lot of yeah. lefties at hearts now, though. We, yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. They have a very few lefties, and and like you said, ones that can play central role. Normally, if you've you got a left footer in the club, so just either the left back or left winger, whereas yeah. um, there's a few... Because there's less uh, of them, isn't there, usually? Yeah. On that theme, what do Lionel Messi, Diego Maradona, Mo Salah, Johan Cruyff, Gareth Bale, and Ryan Giggs all have in common. Well, left foot, but right-handed. Okay. Yeah, um, I see. Because Mickelson's Mickelson's a right-handed person. He's he's predominantly right-handed. He just plays golf left left-handed. But that's <laughs> but, that's some list. Messi, Maradona, Cruyff, Bale, Salah, and Giggs are all left predominantly left-footed. 
but they use their they're predominantly <laughs> right-handed. What Fuck. a start this is! What is this? Scarves around the funnel, saints around the funnel, or hands around the funnel? Hands around the funnel. Oh dear, I don't know what to make of hands around the funnel. <laughs> oh, um, goodness. Uh, get oh, your wow. hands off your funnel. Uh, yes. <laughs> does that mean our left? What's Hickey? Ha- What's Aaron Hickey? Because he he does everything. Oh, but he he's completely too too food. Apparently, apparently when he was asked, he didn't know. Yeah, he said he doesn't know. He doesn't have a preferred food. That is really rare. Yeah, that must be rare. What, not Even having the right food. <laughs> no, not I actually, having a preference. I got a good story about that. I was uh one one time I was back from China. Um, and I took my little one up to Harriet Watt just to have like a run around because we lived close by and um, we were, there was a youth team game on that Hearts did. So he wanted to go up and watch it. And Craig Levine was watching the youth team. There must have been under 14s maybe. Okay. And um, Craig came over and was chatting to me. I says, oh, you know, is there any sort of young ones here that should look out for? And he said, there's a boy out there. He's playing left back. But just watch him and tell me what foot he is. So I was sitting watching him for... 15 20 minutes and he got the ball down the line curled one with his left foot perfectly next thing he chopped inside right foot zing one across the pitch singing all that, that that's not bad next time again right foot down the line outside of the foot left foot inside and craig came over to me at the end and i was like oh like yeah he's very decent who, who is that because that's a young boy hickey's just um just joined the, this team got high hopes for him mm. a couple of years later he was um starting the Scottish Cup final. And I remember telling a few boys, a few of my mates that Craig Levine had, you know, sort of not headhunted someone, but had pointed out someone from, he must have been maybe 13 or 14. And he was like, he'll be the next big one that, that comes through. And I always thought it was quite interesting that I think it was like a Sunday afternoon and there was, Craig was manager at the time, watching the under 13s, you knew everybody's name, knew all the positions they played, what they needed to work on what they needed to do and but Hickey was the one that he was like he's the one of the best young players I've seen in a long long time that's very interesting yeah, yeah. And I think it's it, it's it's definitely a good thing to, uh, to to teach players to to be comfortable on both sides I think it's just very rare that not only you know a lot of players are very two-footed but they'll still have one foot prefer, that they'll yeah you know if, if they have a free kick or a corner or if they can choose which foot to use, they will use that foot. Whereas apparently with Hickey, what people have said when they've asked him, he says, I genuinely don't know. I don't have one that I would pick over the other, which um, shows his talent and shows why he's obviously done so well. But that's very interesting, even at that age that he was doing that and he was obviously already highlighted. Yeah, 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 it was good. It was really interesting. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, as much as these tangents have been... They've been excellent tangents. Uh, yes, uh, we will talk about Ross County against uh, Hearts at Tynecastle. I don't know why I said Ross County first. Um, from the weekend, oh, can't, can't do that. Can't, can't can't do that. You can't have the because they did that over here on the graph. No, I know, but I was going to say the Ross County game at the weekend. But I said the. Ross, oh, no, no, it's Ross fine. County I'm not. It's just a slip up. But there was a big thing over here when they. Let's proved... not do another tangent already. Come on. No, no, no. I, no, I think <laughs> just quickly, just quickly. Um, people who don't really know football over here because baseball is X at Y. And that's why it was always written that way, because the home team always goes second when they bat. So they don't have to bat in the ninth inning if they're already losing. So a lot of the people who didn't really know football, when they were doing the graphics, first of all, when it was on the TV over here, so for example, your graphic top left would be Ross County 1-Hearts 2. Now, we all know that is, well, okay, that's in Dingwall. So it took them a bit of time to, to kind of get used to that. That's another pet peeve. 
putting the, the, the away team first. And it happens over here a lot more than you would think. It can't really happen in Scotland too much, though, surely. No, it, it won't. Um, so let's, yeah, let's move on past that. We'll talk about some potential heart uh, signings, some transfer targets have been in the news this week. We'll talk about the European draw, and we will, of course, look ahead to the big game this weekend, the Edinburgh Derby at Easter Road. Forrest picks up on the left, looks to take on Sims. Cuts inside. Forrest, Grant, edge of the area. Feeds it to Cochrane. Cut back. Get up towards goal! Get and it's Alan Forrest! On his heart's debut! 59th minute, he's been the bright spark in the second half. It's a good move. Cut back by Cochrane. And diverted into the corner by Alan Forrest. A debut goal. Hearts 1, Ross County 0. Cochrane goes long. Barry Mackay goes after it. Oh, it's a lovely touch by Mackay into the box. Still going. Brilliant. Wonderful from Mackay! Absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's Mackay magic once again! It just looked like a hopeful ball over the top. A sublime first touch from Barry Mackay into the county box. And he kept his cool to open it up past the goalkeeper and just roll it into the gaping net. Hearts double their lead. And it's Barry Mackay on the score sheet. Hearts two. Ross County nil. Ball over the top to Jordan White though, a chance maybe for County. Jordan White in, fires it underneath Craig Gordon. And County have a goal back just like that. And it's Jordan White, as he did here at Tynecastle in December. This one isn't over yet. Jordan White on the score sheet. Heart of Midlothian two, Ross County one. Right, first up. So, Heart of Midlothian against Ross County, yes, in the correct order. Um, now, of course, Ryan was was busy playing for for the Saints, so we won't get him to give us too much analysis of the Hearts game because he was, of course, otherwise um, uh, otherwise busy. So let's have a look at the team, Mark. And I guess the big news uh, was Stephen Kingsley's absence. There were some rumours going about in the morning that he's got an injury in training and it seems he has got a hamstring strain, um, which meant it was Gordon and Goals, Sibic, Halkett, Rolls. So Halkett going into the centre, Kai Rolls moving to the left with Toby Sibic coming in, Atkinson right, Cochrane left, Smith and Haring in the centre midfield with Forrest and Mackay flanking Shankland or supporting Shankland in attack. So I guess the absence of Kingsley forced a slight adjustment to the defence and um, ultimately that played quite a part in how we'd open this game. Slowly, non-existently. As far as the lineup is is concerned, if we're playing Smith and Haring as a double pivot in front of three central defenders, I think we're playing away from home in European competition over at Ibrox or Parkhead. Mm-hmm. That is five defensive players right off the bat. Then you've got wing backs, which can or can't be offensive and then you've got your other three so that when I saw the team that was the one thing I kind of thought was okay we're at home against a side that we're probably or expected to have a lot of possession against that was a a, not a red flag it was just a kind of okay it's interesting to see how that goes but we've seen Michael Smith in that position before and he likes to get forward I just I was slightly surprised that George Grant wasn't in there and then obviously we'll discuss about this things happen during the game uh, Smith moved position. I thought we were a lot more settled. But listening to you guys last week talking about positional changes and 
How it's funny seeing John Suter playing on the left hand side of a back four, playing as a left centre back, really struggled because he played last season, as you re- quite rightly mentioned, as the right centre back. So yeah, he, he, that was an interesting uh, discussion that you and Joel had last week. But the the, the, the Craig Halkett going back to the middle of the park where he was good last year, I thought that's fine. First chance to see Kai Rolls. Sebek, <laughs> I'm interested to get your take on this as well, because for me, Sebek didn't hit the ground running when he rejoined Hearts. And I know he was kind of put in straight away and put in some tough games as well. I'm yet to be convinced. I don't yet know. If everybody's fit, he's not in my starting 11. And if, obviously, Stephen Kingsley had been fit, he wouldn't have been in the starting lineup there. But he was. He didn't do that well, but no one did in that first half. No, he struggled. Toby Sibick, and he has struggled quite a few times for Hearts, especially on the right side of that back three. Um, and I think it was compounded by the fact it was on Hearts what what was in the end their weaker side of the game, because Nathaniel Atkinson, I think, has been terrific going forward, but there have been a few games where he's been suspect defensively. Um, so it was a side of the defence where Sibick is still uncomfortable. Atkinson hasn't quite got to speed defensively and Ross County clearly saw that as a weakness because they focused down that side and they give us a torrid time. Um, one of their many new signings this season, got 10 new signings and one of them, um, Awura Edwards was superb, the on-loan Bristol City man, um, threatening lovely cross which Samuel hit the post with and they should have converted the rebound. Wonderful little moment when he put the ball around Atkinson and then curled the shot off the crossbar. Really unlucky not to score there. Um, Atkinson would go off. Now, Robbie Nielsen, after the game, did say that he had been struggling with a bit of a bug um, in the lead-up to this game, so he hadn't been training all the time. Um, Ryan, from obviously, he didn't get a chance to watch this game when it was happening, but in terms of Atkinson moving from A-League to Scottish Premiership, you know, good going forward, but defensively still maybe not quite up to speed. Is that just that jump from the, the two leagues and the, the difference in, in what he's expected to do here? Yeah, uh, I think so. And also maybe a little bit down to, you know, he was in a very successful team um, in Australia. So he's maybe, he's probably not come up against, one, the calibre of wingers that they've got over here, and two, maybe just, I don't know, struggling with the pace of the game and maybe having to a little bit extra onus on having to defend, whereas... When he was at Melbourne City, the way that they kind of played, very similar to almost Man City, where the, the wingers or the fullbacks are wingers and they play yeah. up high or they come inside as the sort of inverted midfielders. So I think that was probably his biggest thing that he will need to improve on is the actual defensive side of the game. And when you're playing in a, a back four or a back three at, at Hearts, is that you, a big majority of your game is actually your defensive abilities. Yeah, no spot on. Um, Michael Smith as well. You mentioned Mark in the middle. It just it was a bit too pedestrian. And yeah. George Grant was the man who came on for Nathaniel Atkinson, and it helped matters twofold because Smith moved over um, to the right where he could be obviously a bit more settled, more defensive. And George Grant came in the centre, start to drive drive us forward. And um, albeit the rest of the first half, we were still pretty off the pace. I mean, after Atkinson went off, about a minute later, they had another chance, which Craig Gordon had to save from Jordy Hula, another new signing for County. But um, 
George Grant certainly had a positive impact and he's giving Robbie Nielsen, I would say in my head, a bit of a, a headache ahead of Sunday about who he selects in the centre of midfield. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's on your agenda today, but I'm looking forward to chatting about our predicted 11. I would change the formation and we'll get to that later on in, in the show, but looking at the way that we were with the lack of mobility in the middle of the park, plus we only had two in there, Smith and, and Haring, and ultimately it was a kind of two against a central three for them. So not only were we kind of outrun um, in there, but our ball, just there wasn't enough movement. And look, Lawrence Shanklin will be a wonderful player for Hearts. I've got no doubt about that. If he gets the service, he'll score loads of goals, but he needs to get the service. We were just too slow. And if I'm Malky Mackay, I pretty much know how Hearts are going to line up. That's one of the reasons why I would change it against Hibs stuff, a flat four. But if I'm Malky Mackay, I know you can overload in midfield. Sibic and Atkinson's your weak link. So is it any surprise Edwards had such a good game because he had the run of the park? So I think right now, and this is just based on the first half because the second half was so much better. Right now, there are times where Hearts are a little bit too predictable and that substitution that was made, Atkinson off and George Grant on, it would have been if, if Atkinson had stayed on the park, that would have been the sub I would have made at half time. Yeah, and I think one of the concerns, I think I felt last season one of the big turning points because we'd had a good first half of the season, but one of the big things that gave us a second win was the arrival of Sims because we'd maybe become a little bit predictable. We were being we were too easily nullified against teams who were happy to let us have the ball in certain areas and they knew that we couldn't just go for the top because Boyce was having to drop deep um, Boyce wasn't really playing as a number nine so we ended up with no one in attack Sims gave us this option over the top someone to play off, someone to hold up, someone to bring other people into play um, one of the concerns I suppose I had from the Ross County game was how easy it was for you know, Ross County when we got into the middle of the park they kind of let us knock the ball around but they pressed certain players at the back to make sure that we were just trying to fire it long at times and it wasn't working because Lon Shanklin although he did win a couple of balls he was very isolated he's not a big target he's not Ellis Sims he's also not Liam Boyce he's not the one to kind of that you want holding it in or kind of using his strength like Sims was so how how do we get the best out of Lawrence Shanklin do you think Mark that's that's gonna be a big question for for I guess us and Hearts fans this season any striker playing up there and not getting service is going to struggle, regardless of the ability. Shanklin's a fox in the box. Always has been. He scored some good goals from outside the box, but at too many opportunities, it wasn't just him that was isolated. Barry McKay, you saw with his goal, he, he can unlock defences, but we need to get him the ball. And it just... I, I'm intrigued to see if it's a... If it's two formations that we have, which well, we, we Robbie said that we do, but if it's one designed for a specific game and the other designed for another game, or if it's this is the formation I'm going to go with most of the time, however, I'm going to play this formation a couple of other times. Because when you're put the other thing about playing three center backs, and I'd be interested to get Ryan's take on this one as well, Ryan. When when you're in a back four compared to when you're in a back five or a or a back three, and you're one of the center backs, when the opposition's only playing with one striker, 
What is meant to happen with the centre-backs? If that striker decides, you know what, I'm going to drop deep, I'm going to become like a false nine, and I'm going to make the three in behind the striker a four, you've kind of got three centre-backs marking fresh air. So how do you ensure that you still need the three centre-backs and you don't get drawn out of position? It's a tricky one, and different managers prefer different things. Some managers will say to you, one of the three will have to go in and just stick with them and mark them. So if he's in your, if I was right centre back and he's in my sort of area, then I can go tight and everyone slides across. Other managers, it's more, it's up to the midfield. The, the midfielder should be shutting those passes off. You know, if you if you are playing a three five two, you've you've got enough bodies in there that they should be closing off the the passing lanes. But it it does make it very difficult, and it's up to that individual coach or, on what they want. That's sometimes why a three at the back against a, one striker and two wingers can be really difficult. And it will be interesting to see what Hearts do because Hibs, when we played them at the weekend, they played with you know one sort of lone striker and two wingers who were really high and wide. And, and we played a 3-4-3 three, three almost. And our sort of wing backs were pinned because they were floating in that position between I was right centre back. And they had the sort of winger who was staying in between us. So sometimes I had to go across to him. But a lot of the times if the ball was on the other side of the pitch, it was my wing back that was coming all the way in and it was already kind of making a four. So having played against them at the weekend, I would probably go with a four. If I was Robbie Nielsen, that would be my mm. sort of suggestion and, and just pick up, you know, your full back picks up the winger and then your two centre backs deal with the, the lone striker. You're doing what you're doing what Mark often does and jumping ahead, but it's I'm definitely oh, no, interested no, this to is, get this is good info. No, no, it is. I mean that's exactly what was that's one of the big big advantages of getting Ryan back on is we can mm. get a scouting report from from the weekend against Hibs. <laughs> we will we will get back into that in more depth. But before that we better talk about the second half because hearts were much better in the second half. Albeit they couldn't have got much worse in the first, but much better. Um, albeit before we scored the goal, it wasn't like we were battering down the door. But lovely play by Forrest, who hadn't really got into the game until the second half, but I thought looked very lively. Great interplay between him, Grant, and Cochrane. Lovely run and a good finish. And what I like about this, Mark, is the movement of Alan Forrest, something that we've maybe not seen enough of from some of our attacking players in, in the last season or two. Two things pro action, reaction wait for things to happen, go and make things happen. You can make that run 10 times. You might not score any goals, but you've made that run. You've given an option. I love that goal. I watched it back and again and again. And I know that Barry Mackay's goal was was a wonderful individual goal. We'll speak about that in a second. But for me, as a team goal, to see Cochrane involved, to see everyone who was involved in that goal play their part, again, wanting to kind of defer to Ryan, when you're trying to defend against movement and you're static, that's got to be one of the hardest things for a centre-back to do, isn't it? It's borderline impossible. That that, that goal was a great, great goal. It, it didn't really get the, the credit it was from. Forrester's run was perfect. His finish was... A, he made that look very, very easy considering mm-hmm. it was kind of zinged back to him and he's opened up his foot and just used the pace off it. But that is so hard to defend because... Uh, if you're one of the sort of centre-backs or defending players, you're more worried about the ball between yourself and the goalkeeper that comes straight across. And you're also preoccupied with the striker and where he's trying to go. You, you're expecting maybe a midfielder or the, the, the full-back, whoever's kind of marking Forrest to match that run. But it, it's such a 
clever run, clever movement, well-worked goal that, you know, I think from a Ross County point of view, they could probably pinpoint a few little bits that they they wouldn't be too happy with. But sometimes you just need to hold your hands up and say, yeah, that worked perfectly. Great way to pass out to, um, I think it was Cochrane, great cutback um, and a tremendous finish. Played at yeah. pace as well, Laurie. That was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what you need against a team who were defending so well and so organised like Ross County. And you <clears throat> mentioned Alex Cochran there, and I thought he was terrific, a best player for Hearts, I felt, on Saturday. And he got a second assist, albeit a lot of this is down to the wonderful touch from Barry Mackay. And, I've um, claimed some bad assists in my time, but he can't be claiming that as an assist. That's... It's an assist. If 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 yeah, the amount of times you probably just rolled the ball to Scatchel and he took it forward and smashed it in from thirty yards, that's still an think, assist. I think it, if they take more than three touches or four touches, it doesn't count. Did you know that? Wait, what sport? Because hockey, Football. there's two assists. I know, but in hockey, it's like X one, would, assist what, one and assist Mark, two. Why would I be talking about hockey? <laughs> no, I know, but you can't say it doesn't. Something doesn't count true. as an assist because like, <laughs> I, I don't know who did your deal for St. Johnson, but do you have an assist clause in your contract? <laughs> no, I don't have an assist. Clause. Oh, I don't know. Why, I don't, why not? Oh, maybe strike. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's really a thing, to be honest. Then suddenly you're interested in hockey if you've got a second assist clause in your contract. <laughs> oh, there's another Jesus. 125 280 <laughs> shekels <laughs> per dollar, or whatever the fuck um, the currency is in these days. I don't know. So, I I mean, I get what you're saying. I just thought, I mean, I felt if if you're the one who sets someone up, what if you play an amazing through ball between three defenders and the the striker takes three touches to get under control, then goes around the keeper and kind of bundles it in. But it's all about the pass. All about the pass. I'm I'm pretty sure it's three or four touches. Someone can figure that out. But I think it's three or four touches. Any more than that, then it doesn't count as an assist. Mm. Who, well, Barry Mackay didn't need four touches. So, which St Johnston defender got the assist for Hibbs goal at the weekend? Who opened the boy that kicked it out for a corner? <laughs> uh, we'll, assist for that one. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But Barry Mackay, a very quiet afternoon for him. But um, Ryan, I, I was speaking on a different podcast this week, and I said it in the same way that. Hold on, hold on. What? He just threw that one in there, didn't he? Really? Hey, really don't you dare just try and kind of slyly move on. You were speaking on a different point. What's this? Is this the start of the end? No, I was. Uh-huh. I was just. I was just helping out Perth to Paisley, who were what? Man down. Oh, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. They're not rivalries. You kept I'm trying to get the whole. Try to get the whole of the European song in and. <laughs> <laughs> is it a travel far by bus and car podcast? No, but there is, a, and then again, we've gone by railway. So, Ryan, well, Ryan, Ryan does Celtic podcasts, so I suppose I'm the only Johnson one that's nailed this. Ryan, possibly. Yeah. I like the podcast. There, there must be a St. Johnson podcast, is there not? Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe there is. I believe there is. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was, um, I mentioned in that that in a similar way that Rudy Scatchell got away with, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that Barry Mackay is maybe as lazy, for want is a better word, as Rudy Scatchell. Laurie Dunsar, what are you suggesting here? Spit I'm, it out. What I'm saying is, if you play like Barry Mackay, you can get away with having a quiet game or a game where you've not influenced the game all that much, 
uh-huh. if you can come up with big moments. Now, he doesn't score as many goals as Rudy did, but 12 assists last season, that's pretty influential. And if he can come up with moments like that, you kind of forgive him if he's not been able to do much else throughout the 90 minutes. That's why they get paid the big bucks, because they can oh, just have those go. bloody lazy games and then get all the headlines. Just, just a right centre-back and right centre-back's wages. Yeah, the point, the, the, the the point, defenders. We can't, oh, have, yeah, we we can't have an off game. You're giving Civic a hard time. He's he's trying his best, and little Barry Mackay up front can give the ball away twenty times, but he's controls the, right the long ball. Backs. Scores. Oh, it's the right it's right centre back, back union. Oh my goodness me! Didn't even know such a thing existed. But the Give fact you've spoken about Barry Mackay, the fact you've spoken about Alan Forrest, and the fact we've already spoken about Lawrence Shankland all being quiet. What does that tell us? It tells us that. The balls up to them were, weren't good enough. It tells yeah. us our movement wasn't good enough. The possession wasn't good enough. And we aren't moving the ball around quick enough to get to our three. Look, if you're playing 3-4-3, three, 4-3-3, three, 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 whatever, and you've got three up top, they're the ones that are likely going to be involved in any goal. So they need to see a lot of the ball. So we can't be having Barry Mackay having a quiet game at Easter Road. Alan Forrest having a quiet game at Easter Road in the same with Lawrence Shankland. That's why I think I, I didn't see enough in that formation and I know it was at home to Ross County. This should be a game where we're zipping the ball around Easter Road. This should be a game whereby we try and dominate possession. And it's a game that we should be winning. But we're not. Hibs would, Hibs would beat us. I don't care. And I'm sure Ryan will tell us later on how they played against St. Johnson at the weekend. But it doesn't really matter. Because if we play the way we played in the first half, Hibs will beat us. If we play the way we played in the second half, the likelihood is we'll win. We've got to learn from what happened at the weekend. That first half was, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. So a moment of absolute magic from Barry Mackay, doubled the lead, and then everyone went to sleep because a couple of minutes later, after we threw on a couple of substitutes, uh, Jordan White, the Ross County substitute, got a goal back. Yeah, was he offside? I'm not sure. I've not seen a an angle to confirm. There's, there, there's the problem in that Scottish football has a shocking TV deal. It should be getting a lot more money. But as a result of the shocking TV deal, there's a, there's loads of cameras at live games, but we didn't have... There isn't an 18-yard camera or a camera that was banging in line with that because I think they only use six or eight for outside broadcasts or whatever if it's not going to be a, a live game or a main highlights game. So there was inconclusive evidence. Now, there's going to have to be better when VAR comes in, but it just looked to me, and I know it was Kai Rolls, I think it was, who was on that side. Got Maybe caught got out a little bit, A yeah. little bit, yeah. And it was a ball over the top. It's very similar to the goal that Livy scored against Rangers when Suter got caught out as well. Um, so it, it's a goal we shouldn't be conceding. Uh, it was sloppy, but we seem to have a pretty high line, unless I, I, I can't remember the build-up to the goal and... Was it us in possession? It was our throwing. It was a hard throwing. And why. when they got the ball back, County went very quickly over the top. And I think we were just caught a bit flat footed. Thankfully, it didn't, in the end, impact the result. And Hearts held on for an opening but day win. It affected the atmosphere, though, Laurie. Because it did. It after did. we scored the second, the first half was, I mean, they deserved the booze at halftime. It wasn't good enough. But once we scored the second goal, that was Tynecastle again. My mum messaged me before the game, said, this is brilliant. She said, great atmosphere, brilliant start of the game, whatever. And then we were shy and it went quiet. But once we got the second goal, I could hear it listening to it and, and watching it in the car when I was when I was driving on, on Saturday. It sounded great. And you kind of had to speak a little bit louder to be heard. That's what you want. 
But then yeah. it just went back to the way it was when when the sub scored for them. And look, I don't care. A win's a win. You want a good performance, but that we could have been two 0 three 0 down at halftime. We got a win out of that. Let's just move on, but learn lessons from that. Okay, I want to quickly talk about a couple of targets or transfer rumours we've seen in, in the week. Uh, what we've heard over the last 24 hours is that Jacob Davenport is currently training with Hearts, looking to win a deal. 23-year-old defensive midfielder, left-footed, another lefty, um, who's a free agent after leaving Blackburn Rovers in the summer, former Man City youth player. Um, apparently from reports, kind of ball-winning, uh, defensive-minded player, Quite tidy on the ball, but certainly not a forward-thinking sort of midfielder. Um, my concern, Mark, I suppose, just completely on the on the the, the face of this is: do we need another defensive central midfielder? Well, Devlin's not one hundred percent right now. Haring looked slow in that first half. Benny Beningami's out for several months, so the answer would be yes. Um, I, I I prefer Michael Smith right now playing on the right hand side. I'd be giving Natty Atkinson a rest, and if you do that. You're down to the bare bones. If you are playing two in there, whether it's a 3-4-3 or a 4-2-3-1, you need someone else in there. My concern would be it's what we're recording 3rd of August and he doesn't have a club yet. However, remember your uh, French lover back in 2005 <laughs> he had to play a couple of trial matches and was without a club until Hart signed him up. So pedigree's fine, but I mean, he was released by Blackburn, what, in, in May? Why doesn't he have a club right now? True, true. Sometimes it takes players a little bit longer, though, doesn't it, Ryan? Um, yeah, yeah. Get, get these deals sorted. So the other the other player um, we've been linked with has got a few fans getting all excited, as they do when, a, when an attacking player is linked. It's the South Korean World Cup star that we were promised 16 years ago. But a different player. <laughs> uh, Lee Seung-woo, um, 24-year-old South Korean international who has 11 caps, who currently plays in his homeland for Subon FC. Um, apparently, there's a three-year deal on the table. There is talk about whether there's a release clause or not, but it sounds like his club are trying to keep everything as quiet as they can. They're looking to keep him. Um, former Barcelona youth player, had a spell in Italy with Hellas Verona, played in the top flight and in the second tier. Uh, then in Belgium, he played under Paolo Sergio, in Portugal, very briefly, um, went on loan at Porto Manense, and now back in the K League, where he's got ten goals and twenty-two appearances so far in twenty twenty-two. He's a player that I would say is kind of typical for you. You see from like the J League or the K League, you often see them slight, very skillful, a lot of pace, likes to take a player on, um, tends to play as an inside forward or a second striker slash number ten. Right foot comes in off the left. Now. We've seen lots of clips of him, lots of nice flicks and tricks, some nice tidy goals. Ryan, one thing I want to ask you, you've you played a few different countries and because of your Australian international side of things, you've played um, over that side of the, the world a few times. Um, wh what's the difference in the kind of leagues compared to Korea, uh, Japan and over in Scotland? Because what I see of clips and what we've heard and what we've seen from these players is a bit more technical um, whereas it's obviously a bit more physical over here in Scotland. Yeah, but I'd say that the K-League's probably the most physical in that side of the world. Okay. Um, similar, it, it's sort of similar to the, you know, the, the Japanese boys at Celtic is once they get over here, you all can see how technically 
sound they are in terms of you know their touch their movement their passing you know this sheer population of those countries makes it very difficult to reach the k league or the j league mm-hmm. or, or even make it to that international scene because especially now more than ever so many of those um kids are wanting to be footballers and and they come from a real strict regime you know from i would say like youth team for for in China, for example, our youth team players would stay away the whole season, so that they would be put into like a we had a club hotel on the training ground, so similar to say Harriet Watt, and those players would live there. Um, so they would train twice a day. They would get all their meals prepared for them, and they would basically like a a camp for that whole season. So that they're very very structured in terms of they very rarely have any weaknesses um, other than you know. For again, footballing know-how or, or footballing prowess, depending on who's coached them. Um, but th- yeah, they're they're very good, and the K League is a very strong league over there. I think strikers can get away with it a little bit more because you know he'll know the runs, which or, or he'll be told the runs to make to to get into those positions. So you know it it would be a slightly easier for an attacking type player to sort of maybe gel in with. Um, how hearts play but yeah I, I would be very interested and I, I think it would be a very good signing if they could get him because he's, he's at such a good age as well um, you know it, the worst case is he doesn't sort of hit the ground running and for the for that type of player and his pedigree and how he's set off there'll be a K-League team that would be interested in getting him back within a year if he's not done well so I think it's a win-win for hearts and one that um, I'd be pretty excited about if they could get it over the line well let's see how that one progresses Okay, yesterday, at the time of recording anyway, so on Tuesday, the uh, much-awaited Europa League playoff draw took place. Hearts in the hat, the first time being in the hat for a European draw in six years. So lots of excitement as um, the names were pulled out at midday on Tuesday. Um, In the end, Hearts got a draw which was probably somewhere in the middle. It wasn't maybe as as easy a draw as they possibly could have had, but it certainly wasn't the toughest draw on paper. So it was Linfield or FC Zurich. Um, so avoided the likes of Fenerbahce or Olympiacos or Partizan Belgrade, which would be a, quite a daunting away leg. Um, so most people are expecting it to be the Swiss side FC Zurich, who take on obviously Northern Irish side Linfield. Uh, Linfield lost 8-1 to Bodo Glimt in the U, uh, UEFA Champions League qualifiers. Um, Zurich, Swiss champions last season, but they have lost their manager to German Bundesliga side Hoffenheim. They've lost their top scorer, Cisse, uh, who joined Lecce. Um, they do still have some decent players in their armory, though. They've signed a six foot three a Croatian international or former Croatian international, Ivan Santini. Um, Mark, Hart's going up against a team who won their division comfortably, 14 points last season, but they've you know, they've obviously lost some key personnel, both um, coaching and playing-wise. Um, how did you feel about the the draw? And I, I am saying it as if FC Zurich have got through. We just we we expect them to beat Linfield. They should. Linfield just lost eight 0 in aggregate to Bodo Glimt. So David Healy's men, underdogs going into that. But let's let's assume um, FC Zurich. So if 
I offered you and Ryan that tie prior to the draw being made when potential opponents could have included Olympiakos and Maribor and Malmo and Partizan Belgrade and Fenerbahce, but could also have included the likes of Skopi and Shamrock Rovers, would you have taken that right there and then without any kind of negotiations? Yep, I'm happy with Zurich or Linfield. Or would you have gambled to try and get another draw? That's the way I look at it. What would you two have done? I probably would have taken it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Shamrock or Scoopy was my preference in terms of the likely winner of a tie. Because obviously you've got, there was lots of teams that were one or the other, but they weren't likely yeah, yeah. to get through. So I thought that one would have given you the best chance of qualifying. But like you said, there were some tougher names in the hat on paper. So I probably would have gone with it. I would have taken Ryan. that. Yeah, I think so. And I think the big thing is with a lot of these teams from those types of countries and, and Hearts have had it before. If you have that successful season and you do really well, your manager then leaves a couple of your best players. You're not exactly that same team. And I have a feeling that that's going to be the case for, for Zurich in terms of they did really well last year. They, they got successful. Lose a manager, like Laurie says, lose a couple of their good players. You can lose that little bit of a mojo almost. And, and I think that's, yeah, it's a, a favorable draw for, for Hearts considering some of the teams that they could have got. Yep. Donny's Avdi plays for him as well now. Who <laughs> he scored was, a lot in Edinburgh, didn't he? He scored from Edinburgh. Um, and I think the other thing that I look at as a positive, um, because of a concert taking place um, at their own ground, uh, the game will be played in St. Gallen, 50 miles away. So. Uh, this is the equivalent of basically Hearts having to go to Tanadice to play a European game. So I feel, Mark, uh, again, very looking at total face of it, uh, that that's a little bit of an advantage that they don't get to play at their own ground. Yeah, I mean, we're looking for any little things right now. What I want to know is who was the concert? Is it DJ Bobo? Is it Stephanie Heintzman? Is it Lunique? <laughs> or is it DJ Antoine that's playing, and therefore Hearts can't play at their own stadium? Uh, I'll have to double check that and find out Um, (laughs) so we won't preview exactly we'll go into a bit more depth before we play the team because it might be Linfield it might be spend 20 minutes on one and it's the other team yes so we won't go into it too much more Hearts fans are already booking their their travel to Switzerland as you do you have to try and get a good deal Um, one of the tactics I saw that I quite liked I don't know if you see some people have said what you do is you book your travel to one destination and a bet on the other team to qualify so if the other team ah, qualifies clever you could cover the costs hopefully with your winning bet which um, mm. I guess it would work quite well in this instance because Linfield are like 8 to 1 outsiders to qualify it might be trickier if it's even money or something you'd have to put a bit more on but I quite like the tactic I was just going to quickly mention that Linfield Zurich is um, tomorrow night as we record which is the fourth is the first leg which is in Belfast and the second leg in Switzerland next week on the 11th so we won't know until the evening of the 11th um, for sure who we will play in the playoff anyway let's move on okay let's have a talk it's, it's amazing when there's an Edmund Derby on and it, it, we're just trying to cram it in at the end because there's so much else to talk about so things are so busy right now but this week it is Hibernian against Heart of Midlothian, the first Edinburgh Derby of the season. And um, I thought, since we got Ryan on, 
Mr. St. Johnson, number 13, who, who played a full 90 minutes against Hibernian at the weekend. It'd be good to get your thoughts on him because I've not had a proper look at Hibs yet. I've seen some clips, some highlights. I've not watched a full game. They obviously made quite a few new signings in the summer. Um, five of the starting 11 against your team, Ryan, uh, were new signings. Um, what do you make of Hibs under Lee Johnson having played against them? I thought they were okay. Um, I do think they'll get better as the season goes on and as they've brought a lot of sort of attacking type players in who, you know, like we touched on earlier with Hearts, they need that service and they need to you know, work out the patterns and, and the style of play that Hibs are wanting to play. But I do feel like they might be a little bit of a, a slow starter to the season while those players get up to speed. Um, it was a... A bit of a nothing game at the <laughs> at the weekend wasn't too. They had probably more of the ball, but without actually really hurting us as such. Um, you know, we we let them sort of have it in around the halfway line. But um, yeah, I do definitely think they're a work in progress, and it's probably a really good time for Hearts to go to Easter Road because of that reasoning. And and they didn't get off to a, a great start, obviously getting knocked out of the cup as well. So there'll be a bit of pressure on them to you know make sure that they put in a good performance at the weekend. And in terms of looking at their, some of their <coughs> signings, um, I know um, Chabraya, uh, their new left-back, had a, a wee tackle on yourself. Um, he seems to be a combative fullback. What did you make of him? Yeah, I thought I thought he played quite well. Um, he's he just steady without doing anything um, outrageous other than the tackle. Um, you know, he was just solid in in nullifying our wingers. Um, got forward, put a good a few good um, crosses into the box. Um, but again, you know, some of his sort of link up play with um, uh, I think it's that Jar. I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Jar? Their so number ten, one. yeah, their their new number ten, the Portuguese, yeah, their yes. their left their left winger. They you know a few times, um, you know, obviously having played it, they they weren't in sync as such. You know that he played it down the line a couple of times and he'd gone short or vice versa. So I think the more that they get to play with each other and and start to get those sort of patterns, then the, the better they will become. But um, yeah, he was probably the the best of the the new players that they'd signed. I, I thought. Um, okay. He, he was what probably about, solid. What about the new striker? Would should the Hearts defenders be worried about Ellie Yuan, the on loan uh, French forward? Um, yeah, he, he he did all right. We watched a few clips on him before the game, uh, and he looked good. You know, he likes to shoot from everywhere. He's got good movement. He probably prefers coming in off the left onto his right foot. Um, but what we gathered was that he probably shot or he shoots it on site basically there's a lot of sort of 30 40 yarder shots that he just you know come inside and and shoots he doesn't really look for that slide through ball to his you know other striker or for the winger um he's got good movement uh clever movement he plays on the shoulder he's not as physical as i thought he possibly would be considering he, he's not the biggest but he's quite well built um but yeah he didn't mind coming short and then spinning into the channels and and then you know stretching the game but with the way that the the game especially the last 30 minutes and um we had a man sent off we were quite deep so that sort of nullified him a little bit and they they brought on um Deutsch as they went sort of more direct as such but um yeah again i think the key for hibs is is their midfielders need to get on the ball and, and probably face forward and play forward I, I don't think that they did that well enough 
um, against us at the weekend. Um, they got into some good positions, and it was either the you know final ball that that let them down, or, or you know that little bit of um, not panic as such, but you know a little bit of fear of of just playing that pass. You know, they, they, sometimes I felt like they try to keep it a little bit too safe, which was great for us as you know down to ten men, and, and we were happy for their sort of centre backs to have the ball, but. Um, I think Lee Johnson was getting pretty upset uh, on the sidelines in terms of, you know, there was a couple of times that if you put it into Hearts, a, a Mackay or someone got it in and they didn't play that ball when the run was on. So I'm sure they'll probably work on that this week. But leading into the derby, I think it will be a, a midfield battle. And, and if Hearts can win that, then they, they should win the game. Do you think it'll be a physical game? Ryan, from what you saw from them and bearing in mind the last time we played them, I thought their tactics were a disgrace, albeit... I would have probably done the same against Hearts to try and nullify the threat of of the talented players. But there were some ta- challenges that were border, borderline brutal. Do you expect, from what you saw, that was the first competitive league game under Lee Johnson, that they'll have a physicality or they will need a physicality against Hearts or try and use one this weekend? Uh, I think they'll probably try and use it. I'm not sure if they'll, if they'll be able to if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they weren't the biggest team. You know, we were confident from, you know, as I'm saying that we conceded from a corner, but we were, um, we felt that we were better in the air. Um, we had bigger players, um, more physical players. Um, their midfielders, they weren't exactly, they had Newell, uh, Newboy and Henderson. And then the front three are all relatively small and, um, you know, quite sharp and quick, but I wouldn't class them as a physical side at all. So, you know, that's probably Derby's are very physical. So that's one that that Hearts could get up on them. But I do think Hearts will need to be careful on. You know, it will be a different game for them. You know, they had they had the ball for the majority of the game against St Johnson and us at the weekend. Whereas you know they'll probably slightly be more of a counter attacking team, albeit they are at home. I think they'll probably set up as a little bit more a counter counter-attacking team and like I said earlier with the you know especially if Hearts players are three and that those wingers stay high they could have an out ball of you know that ball into the channel um quite regularly so that, that's something that Hearts are going to have to be very wary of what you know when Hearts do have the ball that they're switched on and and their rest defense is is uh perfect when Callum Davidson sat you down prior to the game and identified however many weaknesses of, of heads that he identified what was the one area that Callum Davidson, the St. Johnson boss, felt you guys could capitalise upon that is something that Hearts might be able to take advantage of this weekend? Um, I, th- I think the way that we played, we felt that we could get behind their midfield. Um, so we kind of played uh, a, a striker and a couple of like sort of number 10s or inside wingers, and, and we didn't do that well enough. We didn't pass the ball well enough to to get our players that we want the ball into that area. But they, they sometimes have a, um, I think that Rocky and Portis drop a little bit too deep. And, and if their midfielder is trying to press, you can get that one ball that kind of goes through the, you know, from a defensive point of view, mm-hmm. if you can beat the, the midfield line and get your sort of midfielders on the other side of that. We didn't do that. And we, we noticed that as a, a weakness for them. Um, but we just didn't do that well enough and get our players into those positions. The couple of times that we did, we had chances and um, you know we, we kind of penned them in, but that would probably be something that, that Hearts are looking at 
in terms of, you know, I think especially Henderson is a little bit more of attacking midfielder. Newell isn't, doesn't have that exact, um, you know, as a typical six, you know, cutting the ball out like sort of Halliday or, or Big Pete. Peter does for for Hearts in terms of, of sitting in front of that back four, so that's probably their weakness. Is if you can get the ball in in behind their midfielders and get those players facing forward, then then you could probably cause them some trouble. I think it's interesting that with everything that you've just said and and with the game plan in mind that Callum Davidson had uh, and the tactics he wanted to deploy, you played exactly the same formation as Hearts played against Ross County with the three centre backs the two kind of Davidson and Halberg as, as the holders, and then the two off the striker. That's exactly what Harps did. And that was the formation that Callum Davidson thought would be best to go against Hibbs. But you also said something that you didn't do and Harps didn't do in that first half is move the ball around. So I'll be interested because Robbie Nielsen, will, will, he'll have all the reports from, from your game from Scars against Hibbs. From scars around the funnel as well. <laughs> I'll be intrigued to see if he goes with a back three again, or certainly Ryan suggested it earlier. I think I would go with a four. I would with a caveat. Would. would you go with a four as well? I would go with a four, and I think does Ryan's it depend on Kingsley? But does the four? It, so, so my four it, would depend on Kingsley. If Kingsley does, doesn't if, play, if Kingsley doesn't play, a definitely a four. Hundred um, percent. If he does, I would still consider it. And uh, you know, Ryan's given some great some great insight there and obviously that I, that I wouldn't have had because I've not really seen, I've only seen a couple of clips from the St. Johnson Hibs game, but breaking it down very, oversimplifying it really, Hibs will go with a 4-3-3 slash 4-2-3-1 depending how you want to look at the, uh, their setup. Yep. I think we have better players than Hibs. Pound for pound, better team, better players over the park. I would like to see us go there and match up. But we had better players against Ross than Ross County, and look at the performance in the first half. They should have been out of sight. So just have well, a think. You've got to be up to the battle. With, but we start with the back three. Uh-huh. No, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head who's going to have more Derby debutants, but the players that, that Ryan was talking about and looking at the Hibs lineup. Likely be Hibs if they go. If well, Melkerson's fa- played in it, Cadden's played in it, Bashiri and Porteous have played in it. Well, five of the starting it. 11. Against yeah, five of the starting eleven against against Ryan's team at the weekend were were new players, so I'd expect it would be it'd be unlikely it'd be Hearts. So um, that's what I would like to see. I would like to see us match up, and I think it will be a different game, of course, than the Ross County game because Ross County were very happy to. I know Ryan saying they maybe won't be quite as attacking as some games, but I don't think they'll want to be too defensive like Ross County when we got the ball up to the kind of middle areas of the park they were quite happy to get everyone behind the ball and sit in mm-hmm. I don't think Hibs go quite as defensive as that no this game suits um, us better I think than than at home against Ross County having to try and break them down having to try and get around them which was the case in the second half because they were better than us in the first half I just think at times Hearts play better against I say better sides but bigger games Hearts seem to get themselves up for bigger games easier than they do when they are supposed to make it all against Ross yeah. County at home. But I would like to see us take the game to them to an extent. I, I thought we were a little bit too cautious when we went to Easter Road last time and it kind of let them get into the game when they were they were in a pretty tough period at that point. Um, I would like to see us take the game to Hibs a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, get the fans against them don't let them settle don't let because it also be a good atmosphere from the start but i would like to see us take the game to them a little bit 
Um, what yeah, do, what do you be think? Interesting they because they also had like, they had a few things that you can pick up on that probably come stems from the manager. They took all their goal kicks and sort of throw-ins real quick. They had a real emphasis on you know anytime the ball went out, Marshall was running to get the ball and, and, and play it quickly. Um, very rarely did they go long. Um, probably because they're not the biggest. Like I said, up you know the front three wasn't big at all, um, along with their midfielders. So they, they did try and pass that out. It, you know, that's a sort of one for Lee Johnson. Is that something that he wants his team to do all season? Or was it just because it was against St. Johnson that he thought we'll, we'll try and play out? You know, that sometimes mm-hmm. it can work two ways. If if Hearts get off to a good start and then they're trying to play it around from the back and Hearts can nickel it a couple of times, are they brave enough to continue to do that, you know, throughout the 90 minutes? Or will they start to go long and play into Hearts' hands? So it'll be a, a tactical battle from the sidelines to see... You know, one, it's a, a massive test for, for Lee Johnson in terms of, of how he wants to get his season going and his team playing. And two, for Robbie Nielsen, is he going to sort of go for it and think, you know, this is Hibbs. We're going there. We believe we've got the third best team in Scotland and, and want to really put a statement down for, for this season in terms of going there and turning him over and putting in a really good performance. If Michael Smith is the answer, what is the question? Who plays in the right side of the heart's defence on the Sunday? The question is, <laughs> who was the only current Hearts player who was in the starting lineup the last time Hearts lost at Easter Road? Okay. Yeah, John I mean, they've McLaughlin. not won a derby at home yeah. since 2018. They're not won a derby at all in three years. Connor Randall, John Souter, Christoph Berra, Michael Smith, Marcus Godinho, Stephen Naismith, Yoki Madal, Harry Cochran, Lewis Moore, and Kyle Lafferty. And a bench that had Anthony McDonald, Danny Amanqua, Ewan Henderson, Aaron Hughes, Prince Boabin, Jack Hamilton, and Ross Callahan. That, first of all, shows how far we've come in, what, three and a half years? Because the, there's some names there that are like competition winners, um, and some of them are, are world God knows what scrabble scores. Well, exactly, and I mean like Lafferty led the line. They had John McGinn playing for them. They had Martin Boyle playing for them. Yeah, they were okay. Jamie McLaren, someone Ryan knows very well, scored the the second goal for them. But I don't think there's anything to fear from from going down there. We've got a, what is it? Is it nine now unbeaten against them? Um, it'll be also interesting, like what um, Laurie said. We we played very similar to Hearts, so there would have been people there from from Hearts to watch the game, and they'll have the video from that. So they'll maybe pick up on little things that you know we maybe didn't do that well, or they can see how that worked, and and if they felt that yeah, you know we've maybe got slightly better players, or we can maybe you know expose that and and see how Hibs move playing against that lineup. So it'll be quite good for, for Robbie Nielsen to look over that video this week and, and work out what he wants to do best. You got a team you've picked, Laurie? Uh yes, I can give you a team. I'm, I'm basing it on Kingsley not being available. I have a feeling he won't be. Me too. Me too. Um there's nothing I've got no inside information, just a feeling. Uh Gordon and goals uh four two three one Smith right back mm-hmm. Cochrane left. Cochrane who was Great at the weekend. Um, Halkett and Rolls in the centre of defence. Yep, um, same as me. Now, I've put Haring slash Devlin alongside Grant. Oh, because, okay. Uh, I think it'll probably be Haring, but 
if Devlin's fully fit. I'm unsure if I would maybe pick him. Um, Forrest Boyce Mackay behind Shankland. Interesting. Same, but the only caveat being I've got Haring and Devlin with Brandt as the number 10. Uh, I think... Instead of Boyce. Instead of Boyce, you could easily do Grant and one of Haring and Devlin. But I think you could easily make that a 4-1-4-1 and have kind of Grant and Boyce as the two, maybe Grant just a little bit more withdrawn than than Boyce, um, playing off Shankland with the width provided by Mackay and Forrest. Did you rate the fullbacks, Ryan? Do you think Forrest and Mackay um, could be in for a good afternoon? Against um, the Hibs fullbacks, what Chris Cadden was was one, and the Croatian lad was the other. Um, what did you make of their performances against St Johnston? Yeah, again, I thought I thought they were both solid. Um, you know, from our point of view, we felt that we didn't put them under enough pressure or, or have the ball in the front our front third enough to sort of question them as such. Um, that's something that we were very disappointed in from the weekend, but. I definitely feel that Hearts will have more of the ball than we did. Um, and if they can use it, you know, like what I said earlier, in, in finding those those pockets and getting at those ones, then, then that will be a real test of, of how they handle it. And like you said, it's a very different atmosphere, Derby games, and, you know, the fans will be right up for it. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, these players have played in big games before, but, you know, Derby's are very different. Um, you know, they, they put a lot of questions and they make you ask a lot of questions in terms of, you know, your positioning, where are you? There's a lot of noise. It would be a lot higher tempo than any of the games that they've played in um, already this season and possibly a few of them, you know, ever. So um, it's definitely an advantage for Hearts, I think, having had players experience Edinburgh derbies and, and also winning Edinburgh derbies is, is something that breeds confidence and, you know, you know how much it means to the supporters. If you've experienced that, you know, the, the feeling afterwards and, and that can sometimes spur you on because, you know, that's the the feelings that you want in football games is to to win big matches and especially derby matches. And Ryan, you'll be um, you'll be at the game on Sunday, but in a bit of a different role. Yeah, I've been asked to um, be on Sky, so I'll be a pundit. Is, this, is that what you would be a pundit? Yeah. Or is... Well, you're a pundit before the game. You're either an arsehole or something else after. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Could, be, could be getting more stick as a pundit than I do as a player. Which I was going to, I was going to say, I'm, I'm just glad that there'll be someone else up in the back of that, around that main stand <laughs> that will, they'll actually get a lot more heat than I will. Yeah, He's I'm just box. hoping that you're a box in the corner. You're okay. Oh, that's even that could be worse, I think. But uh, I'm just hopefully that the, the report time's nice and early, so that none of the locals are, are out and about. <laughs> after, especially after last week, it was a, it was a, I got a nice reception, I should say, from um, from the Hibs fans. You enjoyed that, didn't you? Oh uh, yeah, it, it, it it's it's good. At, at first, I was I wasn't sure a few of the boys were saying, "Oh, do you reckon you get stick?" And I was thinking, "Yeah, probably," but it might. I don't know. You know, sometimes you never know. But then. Um, when they were reading out the teams, I was all warming up and they said my name, I got a big massive boost. I thought, yeah, it's, they definitely, uh, they know that I'm here. And um, yeah, especially second half, I was, uh, you know, in front of, they had some of the main stand at um, McDermott Park. So um, yeah, a few of them were reminding me of my, my past um, clubs <laughs> and my past history. But yeah, it's all part and parcel of the game. And um, yeah, I think everyone was probably just delighted that 
um, that boy smashed me and I was eating grass for a couple of minutes, which is uh, <laughs> much the delight of them. You'd think after 15 years of bloody playing football that I would use my hands to, to stop myself from landing, but that's nine times out of ten I use my face. So it's um, something I need to work on. We need, we need a subtle dress code for Sunday, that, that only the scars around the funnel listeners and, and Laurie and I know. <laughs> um, some sort of subtle, if you've got like a maroon tie, you can't go neutral, right? Because you're in with Scott Allen. Scott Allen's going to be dressed in green. I've got loads of hearts ties. You want hearts tie? Uh, <laughs> you yeah. can't wear a hearts tie because he's a St. Johnston player. I wear, so I wear my cup final suit. <laughs> yes! There you Stop go. It. I actually don't even know where that is, to be honest. No, I remember taking it to the dry cleaners, and the dry cleaner was like, well, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> just drenched in beer and champagne and everything. But um, just Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll need to have a, I'll need to have a little think. Um, no neutrality. I'm not, I'm not having a kind of just a normal, like a red or like blue. It's got to have some sort of... But you can't, as a St. Johnson player, you've, that's a tricky one. You can't even wear a Hearts Club tie. Have you got anything no, I from? Know. I was just going to go smart. I was going to go. I don't I actually don't know. I only have a little look, but just a going to go suit, no tie, little little white shirt. Um, depends what the weather's like, but have you got a maroon um, pocket square? I don't know. I, I listen. Do. I might just put, I might just put, go white. <laughs> I might just go a little white pocket square. I'm just I, listen. I'm there. I'm a St. Johnson player. I'm there just to enjoy the football and. With my past connections, Laurie, oh, you um, Here we go. He's talking. He wasn't like this when he was at QA. Yeah. <laughs> get stuck in, and now it's like I totally respect. Slightly different. I don't know. If, it, I don't know if anyone to be fair, it also once marks. I get to the stadium and I start getting a little bit of jib, um, I could definitely uh, quickly change. But yeah, I do definitely think that. Obviously, uh, um, I think Scotty Allen's there. Obviously, for the the Hibs side of it, and I'll I'll probably be there for, for the Hearts, and I think. Chris Boyd is the other one, so he's just there to make us two look good. I think. Oh, well, <laughs> they, they didn't ask you on because you once played for Dundee United. Come on, yeah, um, man, never, never, never. <laughs> right, Mark, give me a score and a scorer. Two one hearts with Shankland to net the winner. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to read. I can't pick a. I, I'm not going to hedge my bets. I'm going to go with the same one that I went with on the other podcast. <laughs> That I was on this week as well, which is 2 0 and Shanklin to score. Ryan? Oh, I'm going 3 0. Oh! <laughs> wow. To who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just think that they'll probably have a little bit too much for him. So, um, yeah. I, I, I just think that, all over, like what Laurie said, I think all over the park, they've got better players, players that have played it at these types of games and won those games um and i think playing away uh, at easter road is at a big advantage as well especially like we touched on earlier they've not had a great start um i think the first 20 minutes if hearts can start well and sort of turn the home fans on them um yeah i, I definitely think hearts could could win quite comfortably well but the big game this weekend though at far park huge game very very big game um, I think I do think we'll win that. Um, we we didn't play well, which was probably the most disappointing thing. It, yes, we had a man sent off, and we we played the last 30, 35 minutes down to ten men. But you know, as a team, we felt we didn't even get anywhere near our how we can play, and um, that's probably the most disappointing thing this week in training. So um, yeah, let's hope we put a few rights um, this week. And yeah, third part will be difficult. 
it's always hard playing against a team that doesn't really have a manager, but um, yeah, it's important that we we get the win there on Saturday. Did you Before give me you a scorer? Huh? Did you get? Did you give me a scorer, Ryan? Uh, no, I'm going to go Forest again. Okay, I think he'll be a very good signing for for Hearts. So I'm going to go Forest to score. Okay, Mark, uh, a, a a score and a scorer for Motherwell St Johnston. I'm going to go one 0 <laughs> Motherwell McGowan on goal. <laughs> Fuck's Always trusting your friends, huh? Why would you enemies when you've got friends like Mark and Lloyd? <laughs> Mother Wilson Johnson. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go nil nil. I'm I'm gonna go oh. McGowan gets his clean first sheet, clean sheet. Clean sheet yeah. McGowan, yeah. 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 Nearly had one at the weekend. Could have been two from two. No, nil nil for me at Fort Park. I think uh McGowan man of the match. There we go. There's a, there's a swift one eighteen. <laughs> well we aren't gonna go full Saints around the funnel, so I won't do a round table of, of everyone. Um but yeah, let's let's hope Ryan's score score prediction comes true, and we'll see if he's still completely neutral in this Sky Sports Studio. If Hearts <laughs> banging a third goal at Easter Road, um, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. Before I go, just to mention as well, um, the superb shows from This Is My Story Productions are are both back for this year's Fringe, which kicks off this weekend. So that's a war of two halves and Sweet FA. Um, so you can get tickets for those, uh, both available at Tynecastle. The dates can potentially change, but if you go on the website, this is my story, productions.co.uk, you get all the details. I've seen them both. I recommend them both highly. So get on there and get yourself uh, to one of the showings of those. Um, and of course, hopefully you enjoy the football at the weekend at Easter Road. Um, and hopefully Ryan does as well. So good luck, Ryan, at... Um, Fair Park on Saturday and of course good luck to Hearts on Sunday down in Leith. Until next week, thanks for tuning in.